Who are the real people we consider our sages? Who were they in life? What is the legacy they left us? Join Rabbi Danny Saxton for the next hour as he explores the lives of our Torah giants, the spiritual geniuses who shaped the way we approach Judaism today. That's Focus on Our Sages right now on 101.9 High FM. Good afternoon and welcome to Soul to Soul. Great to be back with you. Uh, we had a bit of a break for the holidays. We hope all our listeners had wonderful holidays and now uh, you rested and ready to go again um, in 2024. And uh, today is the 29th day of the month of Teves in the Hebrew calendar. Tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh Shvat. So I just wanted to mention one or two things about this week, the significance of these dates. And then we'll get into a very important subject, a very important topic, um, which runs at the foundation of what it means to be a Jew, and that is the understanding of emuna, of having belief in God and trusting in God, and even when things aren't going well, to still have the strength and the fortitude to trust in the creator of the universe. But before we get there, let's discuss that today, as I mentioned, is the 29th day of Teves. So two days ago, the 27th of Teves, was the yacht site of Rav Shimshon Raphael Hirsch. Rav Shimshon Raphael Hirsch was one of the great rabbis in Western Europe in the 19th century. Rabbi Hirsch was born in the year 1808, and he died in the year 1888. Um, he was the leader of Torah Judaism in, U in Germany um, during the very tumultuous times of the Haskalah, of the Enlightenment. Rabbi Hirsch argued that the era of enlightenment meant not that you should abandon Jewish practice, but that religious freedom was an opportunity to observe Judaism without persecution and ridicule. Those were the 19th century was a time of great change in Europe. And many of the shackles and of the um, oppressive policies that were previously uh, pertinent and um, and were uh, practiced in Europe were being lifted and there was a time of um, more liberalism and more acceptance of others um, during that period. But also there were many new interesting ideas that were entering into the world, um, ideas of secular humanism, ideas of um, the uh, freedom and, uh, and ability of all to be uh, given equal opportunity before the law, which was a great time for the Jewish community because up until then they were very severely persecuted, the Jewish community. But together with that freedom came a great challenge of still being loyal. Uh, once many closed doors opened for the Jewish community, they had the opportunity to leave their traditional uh, environment and enter into the world of um, secular Western Europe. Of Hirsch, promoted very strongly the opportunity for an observant Jew to enter into this new world, but still to be proud of and connected to his or her heritage and the great um, uh, rich culture and wisdom of the Torah. He promoted a philosophy called Torah im derech Eretz, combining Torah with the modern world. Rabbi Hirsch's written works 
include a six-volume commentary on the Torah, which is absolutely genius. It's a work of great genius. He also wrote a work called Chorev, which is a philosophical analysis of the 613 mitzvahs and uh, a fantastic understanding of the Hebrew language, um, which is included in many of his different works. So we remember the great contribution that Rabbi Shimshon Raphael Hirsch made to the Jewish world um, in the 19th century. I also wanted to mention that, uh, as I said previously, tonight is Rosh Chodesh Shvat, tonight and tomorrow, or the, there's one day Rosh Chodesh this month, so the month of Teves has 29 days, and then we have Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, the first day of the month of Shvat. And on the from tonight, tomorrow, the first day of Shvat, is the date that the Jewish people were completing 40 years of wandering in the desert. Moses gathered the entire nation and began his farewell address. Moses' speech would continue for 40 days until his death, as described in Sefer Devarim, the book of Devarim. So it started to, from tonight, tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Shvat, and then Moshe gave his final will and testament to the Jewish people, as described in Sefer Devarim, for the next 40 days. Moshe reviewed the commandments of the Torah. He gave a historical reflection. He prophesied about future events and he offered poetic blessings. Also during this time, Moshe wrote 13 Torah scrolls, one for each tribe, plus one to place in the Aaron HaKodesh, in the Ark of the Covenant, which would be there for future generations. And our tradition is that when Mashiach comes and he leads us to where the Aaron is buried, Chizkiyahu um, Melech, before the destruction of the first temple, um, which was two and a half thousand years ago, he more than that, almost 3,000 years ago, he hid the Aaron that was built by Moshe and the Jewish people in the desert. He hid it in underground tunnels in the place where the, the Kotel is, where the Beis Amikdash was built. And Mashiach will show us where that is. He'll find that for us. And uh, that Sefer Torah that Moshe wrote is still there. It's still in that Aaron that the Jewish people will see when that is discovered once more, which should be Bimherab Yamenu speedily in our days. So now I want to um, discuss with you this very important topic of emuna and bitachon, of trusting in Hashem, of living with a faithful God, which is the basis of all of Judaism. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. Thank you for joining us and welcome back. Um, so as mentioned, we're going to look at this very important topic, this very basic fundamental idea within Judaism, which is called emuna, trusting in God. And we need to develop a trust in Hashem, a trust in God, um, despite the challenges that we face in our lives. Um, I want to share with you some beautiful ideas that I heard from Rabbi Asher Weiss, who's one of the great leaders of our generation. And he described this subject matter in the most powerful and beautiful way. He bases it on a psalm in Tehillim, in a, 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 a pasuk in Psalms, um, a pasuk in Tehillim. It's Tehillim Tzadi base, Tehillim 92. And the pasuk says, Tov lahodes lahashem, It's good to praise Hashem and to sing His praises um, of, his, of His elevated name. And to relate 
mourning his tiredness and his um, and have faith in God in the night time. So these are very um, important teachings of King David, of David Hamelech. King David tells us that um, that although the, in life we have mornings and we have evenings, to relate in the mornings Hashem's kindness, those refer to the times when things are going well, when we have good health, when we have parnosa, we're able to support our families, when we are enjoying prosperity and goodness and success and nachas. That's the, that's the boker. And lahagi It's important to relate in the mornings Hashem's kindness that we are enjoying the good things in life and the bounty that Hashem sends us. But there's also another part to life, and that's the emunasacha baleilois. We have nighttime. There are nights. There are times of darkness in our lives where we experience challenges and suffering and loss and disappointment. And, um, and it's dark. The night can be dark. And it's frightening. And it's difficult. And we all know that, you know, life is not a bed of roses. It's not like we see... Um, on the silver screen and the Hollywood depiction of life where everything is wonderful and all should be perfect. But that's not reality. Reality is filled with difficulties and with challenges. And uh, I can tell you as a rabbi, so um, one gets insight into the situations that people are going through in the lives that they live. And you might look at people and say, well, you know, they uh, are blessed with so much. They have um, all, they have it all, you know, they have everything that one could wish for, but nobody has it all. And behind closed doors, everybody has difficulties and has challenges and has disappointments, um, big and small. And so that's life, that's reality. And our lives are dependent upon how we deal with those situations. So when we are in the book here and we're experiencing good things, do we, do we relate and thank Hashem for the blessings that he sends us. And when we are experiencing the darkness and the difficulties and the challenges, do we have the trust and faith in Hashem that this is all part of the journey and part of our development and part of our growth? And that's very difficult. It's not so easy. So, so first let's paint the picture and understand why do we say that we still should have faith in Hashem when we're going through hard times. The Mission in Sanhedrin says that when we're going through difficulty and, and hard and, and experiencing trauma, Hashem cries with us. Hashem is with us. Hashem hasn't abandoned us. Hashem feels the pain together with us. As it says in Psalms, King David says, Imo I am with you with your suffering and with your anguish. So if that's the case, wasn't, why doesn't Hashem end the suffering and anguish? In other words, our understanding of God, our definition of God is God is omnipotent. God is all-powerful and all-knowing. God controls everything around us. All the circumstances and situations we face in our lives are sent to us by Hashem, by God, or under God's control. What we control is we have Bechira. We have free choice. And we can. the only thing we control is how we deal 
with those circumstances, what our attitude is. So if God controls everything and God is with us in our suffering, why doesn't God end our suffering? Right? That's the basic question. And the answer is we don't know. We don't know why God sends us difficulties and challenges and hardship. We know that they are for our good. We know that that's how we develop and grow. We know that depending on how we deal with these traumas and these disappointments, that's how we build ourselves spiritually. But God puts us through what God puts us through for our benefit. That we know for sure. But why it is this that we have to go through, we don't know. And, um, in fact, there's a famous Gemur and Brochus. The Gemur and Brochus says that after the Cheta Egel, after the sin of the golden calf, so Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, says to God, na es darkecha. God, uh, re- Moses requests of God, and he says, show me your ways. And the sages explain what was Moshe, what was Moses wanting to know from God? Bikesh Moshe Leda, Tzadik Viralo Rasha Vatovlo. The Gemara says that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know why is it that sometimes a righteous person experiences bad things and a evil person experiences good things? Um, why do bad things happen to good people? That's what Moshe wanted to know. And the second thing he wanted to know is why does Klai Yisrael experience so much suffering? Why, does the, why do the Jewish people go through so much hardship and difficulty? Um, so those are the two things that Moshe asked of Hashem. And Hashem answered him and said that it's not possible for a human being to understand these things. The definition, the reality, the nature of human life is that we have a very limited capacity and ability to understand the big picture. Why is that? How does that work? So we learn from the classic work of Jewish suffering, which is what's called Sefer Eov, the book of Job. And Sefer Eov tells us, um, gives us insight into how these things work. In other words, we see that nothing is random, nothing is coincidental, everything is part of Hashem's plan in the world. Everything's part of our of the development and growth and opportunity we have in life. And in the future, we will see the whole picture. We will understand everything as we're supposed to. It's like, um, it's like a movie. You know, imagine you, you go see a movie, right? What's the, the big movie of 2023? It was Oppenheimer. So imagine when the person went to see the movie Oppenheimer. And they, they came in the middle of the movie and they saw only five minutes of the movie. And they then, you know, they were completely confused and had no idea what was going on. Um, and uh, a person who saw the full two hours, Oppenheim, I'm sure it was even longer than two hours, was, um, somebody who saw the whole movie understood the development of the characters, the history, the background, and those five minutes were therefore understood within context and understood very clearly. But the person who only saw five minutes of the movie had no clue what was going on, had no idea um, what was happening. And that's the story of our lives. We are only here for a very short amount of time. We are here for five minutes. The grand timeline of the soul. Our souls are old and our souls have been here before. And usually our souls come back very often. And we are only here for a very short amount of time. 
in the long timeline of history and of development of our individual soul. And therefore, it's not possible that we understand why everything happens to us in those five minutes. We don't have the full picture. We don't have the full context. And that's exactly what Hashem said to Eov. Say for Eov, the book of Job, it starts out with Job, um, it starts out with a storm, a big storm. And Job's house is destroyed and his family is killed. They die. And he, he loses everything. And his friends come and console him. And they get involved in these long um, philosophical discussions as to the meaning of life and the purpose of life and, and dealing with loss. And then the, the book ends with another storm. And then suddenly Hashem speaks to Eov, to Job. And he says to him, Job's asking Hashem, why is this all happening to me? And Hashem answers and he says, Where were you when the world was created? So Hashem saying to Job, you have such a very sm small existence in this world. You have a very brief understanding and perspective. And your um, overall um, understanding of life in the world is very, very limited. You weren't here at the beginning. And you, were, and you aren't going to be here later. And there's so much that needs to happen that you will not see and understand. And that is our general understanding of life is that we need to accept that which you can't understand because of our small amount of time, our 70 years that we are here in this world. And we, we have no insight into what our soul needs to experience, what's going to bring out the greatness in our soul, what our soul has done in previous lifetimes and therefore has to repair in this lifetime. So we have no clarity and no real understanding of that at all. And therefore our general view as Jews is that Hashem runs the world. Hashem, we don't have access to the divine computer. Hashem sends us what we need to go through. It's not random. It's not cruel. It's not coincidental, as a non-believer would say, but it all is part of the essential journey of our soul and the development of our soul. This is, whatever happens to me is exactly what I need to go through, and these experiences give me the opportunity to develop myself in uh, the perfect way. It's tailor-made for what I need to experience. And my role is to deal the best I possibly can with the hands that God deals me. And that is my journey. And that is my opportunity. And that is how I develop myself spiritually. So that's the Jewish view of life. And that is why we say, even in the nights, where we are experiencing that difficulty, that hardship, that disappointment, that despair, that we still have the strength and we still have the faith to be resilient and to trust in God and to understand that which God is doing is correct and is supposed to be and is part of my journey. And we have many examples of this in Jewish history. Um, Rabbi Weiss quotes his Rebbe, the Klosenberger Rebbe. The Klosenberger Rebbe was one of the greatest Jews that's lived in the last hundred years. And the Klosenberger Rebbe, his wife and children were murdered in the Holocaust. He was the only one to survive um, from his family. And he was completely alone in the world. His wife and 11 children were murdered by the Nazis. And he survived miraculously. And how does a person carry on? How does a person continue under these circumstances, having gone through such unbelievable trauma? And he told Rabbi Vas, who was his Talmud, his student, 
He said to Rabbi Vass that never once did he question Hashem's ways. He knew that this is what, what his journey was and what he was supposed to go through. Never questioned Hashem. Well, obviously that's a person on a very, very high level. That's a person who is, uh, is an incredible tzaddik, a very holy individual. But that's the goal that we aspire to. And he actually said a very beautiful vote, a very beautiful explanation, the Klosenberger Rebbe. He said that we say, we as Jews, what is our credo? What is our anthem? What is the line that defines who we are and our purpose in this world? We say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. And many of our soldiers in in uh, Gaza that are in the front lines of the war against Hamas, against our enemies. So they say Shema Yisrael regularly every day. And, uh, and th that's part of why I'm telling you this now is because we are right now, the Jewish people are in a dark night and we're experiencing the war. We were attacked on October 7th, three months ago, and 1,200 of our civilians, over 1,000 of our civilians were murdered brutally in cold blood by the Hamas terrorists, by the Hamas monsters. And we now have no choice but to destroy Hamas and to eradicate their ability to attack us again, because if we don't, they will attack us again, as they've openly said. And we see how the world has turned against us. We see how ridiculous it is, how absurd it is that the acts of genocide are committed against the Jewish people, the likes that we've never seen since the Holocaust, and now we're accused of genocide. When Saul goes in and tries to destroy these murderers in order to protect her civilians, and, and the Israeli army does so with such care for civilians and uh, goes to great efforts to minimize civilian casualties. And there are many hundreds of examples of that, of the war in Gaza, and they accuse us of genocide. It's absolutely crazy. And the world believes them. And the, the biased world uh, 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 spreads these lies, these accusations, these false accusations against the Jewish people and the South African government of all governments, the most corrupt, one of the most corrupt governments in the world that is guilty of stealing the money of the South African civilians and, uh, and, and uh, can't uh, provide basic services for their people in which their people are suffering terribly as a result of their inefficiency and corrupt policies and, and actions. They accuse South Africa of genocide. It's just a joke, an absolute joke, that they're taking us to the International Criminal Court of Justice, which is actually a body of the United Nations, which, uh, as we know, the United Nations has been completely taken over by the Muslim countries and is, is biased and doesn't uh, represent the, uh, the uh, nations of the world in an equal manner at all. There's a terrible bias against Israel United Nations, and therefore it has no validity in terms of fairness and justice and human rights, and uh, likewise for the International Court of Justice. But we see the hypocrisy in the world, and we see the falsehood in the world. And so the Jewish people right now are experiencing a time of darkness. We're going through a night. We're going through the darkness of night. And we have to have the trust in Hashem that this is part of the journey of the Jewish people and part of the question that Moses asked God after the sin of the golden calf, why do the Jewish people need to go through such suffering? But this is part of our, of our journey in this world, and we are supposed to do our job, 
our job is to fulfill our covenant with God, is to fulfill the Torah and the mitzvahs, and to love God, and to trust Hashem, and to understand that this is all part of the process, um, which will actually lead to the ultimate redemption of all humanity and of the Jewish people. So the Klosenberger Rebbe said, so we, 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 the line that the Jewish people say, which declares our relationship with God and our trust in God, is Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And we all know the halacha is that when we say Shema, we're supposed to put our hands over our eyes. So the basic chapter of the Shulchan Aruch is why do we do that? Is we do that so we concentrate, so that we have no distractions, so nothing um, takes away from our focus and our concentration and our sincerity um, when we say those words. That we were not uh, diverted or distracted. But the Klosenberger Rebbe said, based on that, it would be sufficient just to close your eyes. Why do we put our hands over our eyes? And he said, the reason why we do that is that we say, Shema Yisrael, listen Yisrael, listen Jewish people. Hashem, so Hashem is Yudke Vavke. That name of Hashem is Hashem's name of Chesed, is Midas HaChesed. Elokeinu, Hashem is our God. That even though sometimes Elokeinu, Elokim is Hashem's name of Din, so Hashem's attributes are kindness and of Din, of justice, and of mercy. So Hashem is, is the one who's behind the din, Hashem Echad. Hashem is one. So even if we're not seeing Hashem's chesed, kindness in the world, and we sing Elokeinu, the din of Hashem, behind it all is Hashem Echad. Hashem is one. The, the Hashem's kindness is a single entity, is the a common denominator that unites everything in the world. The basis of everything in existence is Hashem Echad, is the kindness of Hashem. That's the oneness of the world. That's the um, wholeness we see around us in the world. And that's the basic faith of a Jew, is that even if we are in the darkness of night and we're experiencing Elokeinu, the Din of Hashem, we trust and we know that Hashem Echad, that it's all Hashem's kindness, that everything that happens to us, is Hashem's kindness, that in the long run, even though we experience these setbacks and times of heart, of suffering, of darkness, of pain, of anguish, of trauma, that's all part of the kindness of Hashem and necessary for us to develop and grow and achieve our purpose in this world. So that's the outlook and attitude of a Jew. That's the work, that's the challenge, that's the work we all have to do. And that's something that is essential and basic to the spiritual level of every Jew, um, the tzaddik be'emunaso yichyeh, that the righteous live based on their emunah. Their, our emunah is the foundation of everything we do and of the rightness, righteousness of a Jew in this world. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. Let's continue with this theme of Emunah. So we've been discussing that the basic um, quality that every Jew needs to develop in their lives is a trust in God and understanding that Nothing is random or coincidental. Everything is a part of Hashem's plan. And even when things go wrong, and even when we experience disappointment and anguish and suffering in our lives, it's all part of God's plan. 
So part of the um, experiences we need to go through in our lives in order to develop and grow. And we will one day understand. We will, although we only are able in our short lifetime to see five minutes of the movie, um, at the end of the days or when we leave this world and go to the eternal world, we will understand everything instantly. And we'll have um, a very clear insight into why everything that happened to us did in fact transpire and then why it had to be that way. Um, and so even when the Jewish people as a whole experience hard times as we are experiencing right now with the war in Israel and the essential um, uh, actions of the uh, Jewish, of the Israeli Defense Force of Tzahal in destroying Hamas, it's essential for the future of the Jewish people, for the existence of the Jewish people, for the existence of us in Eretz Israel. We have no choice but to destroy Hamas. Because if we don't, after the provocations of October 7th, our enemies will be emboldened and we'll continue to be attacked in the most brutal way um, uh, and in a, in a very uh, severe way. So Israel has to destroy Hamas. They have no choice. Um, and although it's so painful, and although as of this morning, there's 187 of our soldiers that have been killed in the war, um, so we pray that our soldiers should be successful and should defeat our enemies speedily and without casualties and that um, the Jewish people could live in peace. There's nothing we want more than peace. We don't want war. We don't want fighting. We don't want conflict. Uh, Israel is not uh, – that's, that's, uh, Israel will accept any peace office, offer that is genuine as they have done so with Egypt and Jordan and they would do so with the Palestinians, just that we don't have any peace partner on the other side. Palestinians – voted in Hamas, they still overwhelmingly support Hamas, both in Gaza and in the West Bank. And uh, Hamas clearly states what the intentions and goals are, that is to wipe out and destroy the Jewish people. So we have to destroy our enemies before they destroy us. And uh, we have to have faith in Hashem, that this is part of the journey of the Jewish people and part of the destiny of the Jewish people. And uh, we have to be brave and strong and trust in God. So this idea of, of emunah, of trusting in God, um, is consistent, is a consistent theme in the Torah, and especially in the parshas that we are reading now. Parshas we're reading now are the parshas will be called shoivavim. These six parshas of Shmois, Fa'era, uh, Bo, Bashalach, Yisro, Mishpatim deal with the Jewish people's exile in Egypt and Hashem's redemption, Hashem taking us out of Egypt. And so this... Uh, idea, this tenet of emuna of trusting in Hashem, really is learned from the Jewish people's sojourn in Egypt and Hashem taking us out. And we see that with in last week's Pasha, Hashem says to Moshe, Hashem says to Moses, that he must go speak to Pharaoh and take the Jewish people out. And Moses answers and he says, that the Jewish people won't believe me, they won't believe that I spoke to you, to God. And God gives Moses three signs. He says, you'll show them these three signs, and they will then trust in you as their leader to take them out of Egypt. The first sign, as we know, is that God told Moses, take your staff and throw your staff on the ground. And the staff then turned into a snake, into a vicious snake, which is a very frightening thing. And then Hashem told Moses, pick up the tail of the snake, and the snake then turned back into a staff. 
That was sign number one. Sign number two was Hashem said to Moses, your hand, your hand looks good and fine and is, uh, is healthy. Put it inside your cloak and then take it out. And Moses did so. His hand was then white with tsaras. Tsaras was, was a skin disease that his skin had gone all rotten and all white from the disease. Hashem then says to him, put your hand back inside your cloak. He takes it out and his hand is healed. That was sign number two that Moses was to share with the Jewish people and to um, show to, to Pharaoh. And sign number three, Hashem said to Moses, take some water, and he turned the water into blood. And he told Moses, do that with the water of the Nile, um, do that in front of the Jewish people, do, it, do that to Pharaoh. And so these three sons, the great Nasiv Shalom, who was the Slonim Rebbe, the great uh, Rebbe of the Slonim Chassidim, who wrote his classic Sefer Nasiv Shalom, he explains very beautifully. And he says that, what was the situation of the Jewish people? The Jewish people were on Memtes Share Tumah. They were on the 49th level of spiritual impurity when they were in Egypt. And they had a munah that Hashem could take them out. That wasn't the problem, you know. As we say, We are believers and we are the children of believers. Um, the righteous person lives with the emunah. So the Jewish people, there was no problem with the emunah in Hashem. They trusted in Hashem and believed in Hashem. They just didn't believe that Hashem should, could take them out when they were on this level. They didn't believe that because they were so engrossed in and a part of the filth of Egyptian society. They were so full of the, the tumah. They were so full of the, of the um, disgusting aspects of Egypt. At, and they had integrated into Egypt and they had assimilated into those dark ways of the Egyptians. They felt that since they were so immersed in that sewer of Egypt, Hashem would never take, Hashem could take them out. Hashem could do anything. That wasn't the problem. problem was that they were on such a low level. How could Hashem take them out when they were on this level? That was the issue. And that's why they said to Moshe, that they won't, well, Moshe said, they won't believe. It means that they won't believe that Hashem will take them out when they're on this level. And that was the point of these simanim, says in Siva Shalom. The point of these three signs was to show the Jewish people that even though they were on the level that they were on the 49th level of spiritual impurity, Hashem still would take them out. Because the sign of the snake turning, of the staff turning into a snake and now turning back into a staff, Hashem was showing to them that it's reversible, that even though you're on the lowest level like the snake, which represents evil, you've fallen to the level of the snake, you can change the snake can become the staff again. You can get back to your essence and your greatness. Sign number two was Moshe's hand turned white with saras, with a skin disease. So the, uh, the Gemara says, that a Mitzurah, one whose hand is like that, is like a dead person. That even Hashem was saying, so if you commit sins, you can change and the snake becomes a staff. Even if the sins are so severe that you have Misa, that you get the death penalty for those sins. That's how far gone you might be, you can still heal that as well. The hand of Tsaras became healed again. So those were the two powerful messages that Moshe was sharing with the people, that even though you're on this low spiritual level, Hashem is telling you you can change, that it's reversible, that you can become back to what your essence is and shed these sins from you. And the third message represented the tomb of Mitzrayim. 
the the blood which came the water which came from the Nile they worshipped the Nile it represented the whole of it, Egypt culture Egyptian culture Hashem turns that into blood Hashem will switch that and show you how false that is and show you how superficial that is and show you how evil that is and that's that remains that doesn't change that's the permanent thing so that was the powerful message that Moshe is sharing with the Jewish people that they shouldn't sell themselves short they should believe in themselves and Hashem will give them even though they are on this level and we should see that ourselves our lives too, um, which we'll discuss in a moment. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. So to conclude what we've been speaking about today is we're talking about the importance of having Muna and Bitachon, trusting in Hashem, realizing whatever happens to us on an individual level and on a national level is part of Hashem's grand plan, even though we may not understand it or may not have the ability and capacity to see the full picture and understand why things happen. We trust in Hashem and the process and we have faith that um, this is what's supposed to be, and that's all part of God's kindness and part of our journey as individuals and of our journey as a nation. And that's the message that Moshe is sharing with the Jewish people. Don't think that you're beyond saving. Don't think that you slipped so far and are so far gone that Hashem won't redeem you because you're on that level. The snake becomes a staff again, the hand with tsaras. Um, with the skin ailment, they translate it as leprosy, but it's not really leprosy. Um, so that can become healed too. And the um, the tumor of Mitzrayim is what's evil. But the ability of a Jew to do tshuva and to change and to reconnect him or herself to Hashem is always there, is always possible. And that really is such a powerful message for all of us to know. Because life is about successes and about failures. Life is about climbing that ladder and stumbling and falling down and getting up again and continuing to move forward. The Yetzirah wants us, the evil inclination wants us, after we've stumbled and fallen, to say, look how low you are. Look how pathetic you are. How easily you give in to your temptations and to your desires and how little self-control you have. Ah, you're a, you're a lost case. You may as well throw in the towel. That's what the Eitzor, the Sforim say. That's the most vulnerable time um, we all find ourselves in after committing the Avera, after stumbling and falling and committing a transgression. Because then the Eitzor really can go for the jugular and take us down. And we're supposed to have the strength to say, I'm able to pull myself back up again. I trust in Hashem. I um, trust in this process and I'm going to do better, and I'm going to keep trying, and I'm going to remain positive and develop myself and continue to grow. So the message that Moshe is sharing with the people is that's the case, that they're not too far gone that Hashem can't redeem them, and that we have to trust in ourselves and trust in Hashem and trust in the process, and we can move forward in a positive way and continue to develop and continue to grow. So that's an important message for us at this time. It's an important message that we learn from the parshas we're reading right now. And in Mirza Hashem, the Jewish people should come home. We should 
turn to Avinusha Bashamayim, to our Father in heaven, at our times of distress and of difficulty. We should all pray to Hashem that our soldiers in Tzal should be successful and should be safe, that the um, hostages that have been kidnapped should return safely to their families in good health, that we should defeat our enemies, and that the Jewish people as one should fulfill our purpose in this world and trust in Hashem, and we should be zeichet to see the rebuilding of Bay Shlishi and Bias Gold Tzedek, the coming of Mashiach, Bimhera Amen. Have a wonderful day, and thank you for listening.